The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and today we have a special guest, a friend of mine who is back to Leading Conversations for the second time, Jack Canfield. Jack is, um, well, let's see, it would probably take me about an hour to read all of his accomplishments, so I'll just say that he is beloved as a success coach throughout the world. He has accomplished so much, and he has produced books and innovative trainings and changed millions of lives throughout the world. He has a program called the Success Principles. And that has been something that has become his staple. And the people around the world who have encountered that program, who have stuck to the principles, have built businesses, have built strong families, have changed not only their lives, but it's rippled out into the lives of many others. Jack, it must feel good to you to have all that accomplished. And welcome to the show. I feel great about it, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here today. So um, I'm in San Francisco today, and it's quite lovely, blue skies and sunshine. How about you? Where are you? I'm in Santa Barbara, and it is blue skies and sunshine, good old Southern California. Oh, nice, huh? Um, We are among the fortunate, absolutely. So I'm going to try to resist a topic called politics of today, which, frankly, I'm sure you have some great insight into, but I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind over it. <laughs> I know, it's sad. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I do have to say, I, I cannot avoid this for just a few moments. We need to, to address this because this is so uh, front and center for what's happening in our world, not just the United States, but in our global community. Um, do you have a take on what's going on with the our entire political system, the entire U.S. political system? Well, I think, unfortunately, as I talk about in the success principles, my first principle is take 100% responsibility for your life. And I think uh, what's happened is we've been conditioned into thinking someone else is going to save us. And so we have put all our faith in the government or the leader or the savior that's going to come along and, and take over and save us. And I think our, our, I want to say our animosity up from one side to the other, the polarization that, that exists in not only America, but we're seeing it around the world. I just came back from Romania and Russia uh, two days yeah. ago, and we're seeing the same thing in, in Russia. Uh, and I see it around the world in you know, so many countries that I travel to. I've spoken in over 50 countries, and this always comes up as a topic. Mm-hmm. But there's so much polarization. There's this lack of what used to be focusing on results and solving problems. And now there's this, you know, my way or the highway, and I'm not going to support you. And my whole job is to stop you from destroying the country the way I see it. And unfortunately, that just continues to go on. I think ultimately, as much as the political system does have ramifications in the world, it's up to each of us individually to create a life where we are that works, no matter what, who's in charge of the government of the country. And I think what we're seeing now is a lot of anger toward our government that's been you know, deadlocked for a long, long time. And we're seeing a rise up 
you know, on the left from Bernie Sanders and his whole campaign of like, let's take the country back and let's have a revolution. And on the right, we're seeing Donald Trump, uh, who's basically saying it's not working. Let's try another way to go. You know, let's let business try to run it from that perspective. And I think he probably has a few good ideas and maybe he can make deals, but obviously he's fueling anger, dealing with racism, uh, dividing people. There's a lot of violence that goes on in his um, meetings and so forth. So I think that this, this sense of statesmanship that we used to have, this sense of collegiality, of collaboration, of, of, of working on compromise, where we know that each side has some part of the truth. I used to say, you know, a point of view is if we're looking at a beach ball and that beach ball has red, white, yellow, blue, you know, stripes on it, as often beach balls are divided into those colors, you're looking at it from one side and you're saying this beach ball is red and yellow. And I'm looking at it saying, no, it's blue and white. But the truth is it's red, white, yellow, and blue. And so we need, we need some of the conservatism from the right. We don't want to just fly off the handle. We need a string and a balloon. The balloon gives us dynamic tension of moving into the future. The string makes sure we don't do things that are crazy. We need responsibility. We also need vision and passion and compassion. And so we both sides have part of the answer, and we need a synthesis of those two. And right now we have it's like my way is the only way. And unfortunately, no one's listening. Everyone's polarized or watching Fox on one side and MSNBC on the other. And so there's no, no dialogue, no conversation really occurring anymore. It's people talking to themselves. Right. You know, I've heard it said that um, countries – end up with the government that they deserve. And, you know, I've heard that said about things like people end up with leaders that they deserve. And the implication is that, um, for instance, in the U.S., if there has been this much complacency that has allowed this to erode at the fabric of democracy, that Mm -hmm. then we are getting what is the result of that. And so that gets back to what you're saying about taking 100% responsibility for our life. And, mm-hmm. you know, in some ways saying, well, if I haven't done anything about it, then I can't complain, right? Right. Um, so what could we do now? Because obviously there must be a lot of us, I would include myself in that, that, you know, I have very clear views, but I haven't been out, you know, something for candidates. I haven't been out talking to my Congress people. I haven't done things like that. You know, I have been paying attention to my life and to the life of my family and to clients. And is that all I can do? Is that all I'm supposed to do? Well, you know, in Australia, they require you to vote. If you don't vote, you can actually get fined. So they get a very high participation. Uh, there are a lot of countries where they're just now getting democracy and like 85% of the people vote. We've become very complacent. We are numbed out by television. We're overworked. Uh, people are working often two jobs to get by. They're in survival mode uh, rather than self-actualization mode. And so you're, you're right. We have to become more invested, more involved. I mean, I'm looking at a as we're recording this, you know, the Missouri election hasn't been decided yet. It's less than a half a percent difference. And to think that one person might win this by a couple hundred votes, the other people that thought, well, my, my party will win, they didn't get out there. And, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy. You look at what happened in Florida uh, with, um, you know, Bush and, 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 and um, God, I can't think of his name right now, the, the Democratic guy that ran for president with Al the hanging chads. Yeah, yeah, but it was like only a few thousand votes that made a difference for the whole country. And so we all need to be involved. We need to educate ourselves. We'd rather watch TV than read an article. Uh, most people today are getting their news from things like The Daily Show as opposed to reading a newspaper or an in-depth magazine article. Uh, people would rather be entertained. The Romans realized they could control the population if they provided the Colosseum, the games with the tigers and lions fighting the gladiators, and they could just get, keep them fat and happy. And I think that's what's happened in America right now. America is probably being won by about 5% of the people who are really pulling all the strings. And I think as much as we're having chaos in the election right now, uh, the primaries, we're seeing a lot more participation because people are really upset. 
And, um, you know, I, I wish there were more alternatives for people who to vote for, but the reality is that um, I think, you know, it, it, it's kind of like hitting bottom as, a, with a, as an alcoholic. You be, begin right. to say, hey, this isn't working. We've got to do something different. So people are getting more involved. More people are coming out to vote than we've seen before. And uh, like you're saying, you know, we've got to take responsibility. But, you know, the truth is, uh, my life hasn't changed all that much, no matter who was president, and yours probably hasn't either. And ultimately, we have to uh, be responsible for that in terms of whether we want a state that, that has welfare or we want a state where everyone's responsible for themselves. But the reality is our lives go on pretty much the same no matter what. So ultimately, we have to be responsible and not blame government, but either try to change it or just take responsibility and make our own lives work. Right. So, you know, it, it's almost like the system, the institutional system of our government is um, crumbling and it's at that last stage where the, the culture fights for its very life, right? So mm-hmm. the culture and the institution of government as we know it is, is doing everything it can to survive and to the point of complete and total chaos and dysfunction. And do you do you see that as part of this process? Do you think that's going on? Yeah, I think for anything to recrystallize at a higher level of consciousness, it first has to decrystallize. And so, just like you know, when we were younger, we were really identified with our high school, and we wear our high school leather jacket, and we go to football yeah. games and vote for Central versus Wheeling High School. But then, if you go to Ohio State University after the time you're a sophomore, you look like an idiot wearing a high school leather jacket. Uh, you know, you're now Ohio State, so you're wearing your Ohio State sweatshirt and things. And then eventually, you know, if you go to the Olympics, you don't wear your Ohio State sweatshirt. You got one that says USA, and eventually you get one that says, you know, planetary citizen. So we have to disidentify from who we thought we were and re-identify at a higher level. So things have to sometimes fall apart in order to recrystallize at a higher level. So I think things are breaking down. Our schools aren't working. Our medical system isn't working very well. Uh, we're realizing, you know, that basically the pharmaceutical companies and the, um, you know, the, the government's kind of controlling medicine. Uh, the, the, you know, people are starting to take responsibility and go online and realize there are alternative methods to get healed and to be, take responsibility for our diets and, and so on and so forth. So, Little by little, transformation takes place. Sometimes it's evolution. Sometimes it's revolution. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a quantum leap. Sometimes it's gradual. You know, there's like disruptors, yeah. like the computers disrupted everything. The net, internet disrupted everything. And so there may be some disruptive changes that occur. Um, but at the same time, I do think things are ultimately getting better because people are becoming more mm-hmm. aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to run for president, Jack? I'd vote for you. <laughs> you know, I get asked that a lot. I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> John Gray offered to be my campaign manager, you know, whatever. I don't know. But uh, I think, yeah, I think you know, this is part of the problem, too. If you run for president, you go under so much scrutiny and so much yeah. hatred from the other side, and it takes a year of your life. And, you know, you basically, even Donald Trump said last night when he was uh, giving his little acceptance speech after Super Tuesday that, um, you know, he hasn't seen his son for weeks. And, uh, you know, you give up a lot. So I don't think it's a it's a job I want, even though, um, you know, I know it would be a, a good thing to do. But um, I think it's difficult for people. We don't make it easy on our politicians. So, you know, to bring me back to um, not only your success principles and the way that you've helped people take responsibility for how they live and shape their lives and choices they make, and also um, moving into your latest project, um, mm-hmm. the latest book has called The 30 Day Sobriety Solution and How to Cut Back or Quit Drinking in the Privacy of Your Own Home. This is Mm -hmm. a bit of a departure from some of the work you've done because you haven't done any work directly around addiction. I know that you've worked with organizations and helped them or individuals and helped them. You haven't had a large public project like this. What, What happened to get you curious about this and to decide to do this work? Well, alcoholism had been a problem in my family for generations. My grandmother was an alcoholic, my mother, my father, my stepfather, um, and um, also one, uh, two of my children. 
it skipped me for some reason and skipped one of my other siblings, but uh, got a lot of us. And so I, the, I've seen the pain. I've seen the pain of an alcoholic father who, when he drank, got violent. I used to hide when he got drunk and just to, to not get beaten. And eventually my mother divorced him when, when I was six, and um, that was very helpful. But um, the reality is, you know, taking my sons to AA meetings and seeing how in some way really helpful they are, but another way how archaic the the, um, the psychological awarenesses were, and then putting yeah. kids through rehab and wanting to jump in there and run exercises and teach meditations and, and, and mm-hmm. do processes with people that weren't happening because so many of the rehab centers have um, people that have been ex-addicts, ex uh, but they're not really skilled in terms of counseling. Um, and yeah. you might get one one hour a week with a good therapist or maybe even an hour a day, but the rest of the day you were just sitting around watching TV. And so I said, there's got to be a better way. And then I met Dave Andrews, who's a student of mine, uh, unknowingly to me. He'd read my book, read Tony Robbins' books, and he had mm-hmm. been an alcoholic, relapsed three times, and um, went to, to rehab, cost him a lot of money, cost him a job. And he thought, you know, this isn't... There's got to be a better way. And he listened to a Tony Robbins tape, and he said, wow, why aren't they teaching this in rehab? Then he read me, read Brian Tracy, John Gray, other people, and started putting together a coaching program, an online coaching program, using a lot of the work from the success principles and getting a 79.6% success rate, you know, 80% success rate, whereas rehab has like 15 to 30, if you're lucky. And Alcoholics Anonymous, while it's a very good organization for millions of people, and I'm not knocking it because two of my sons still go to meetings, one of them is a sponsor, is that, uh, you know, less than, you know, maybe 10% make it 20 years sober. And so it's just not working. And so a lot of people don't want to go to a meeting. They don't want to be public about it. There's shame associated with it. They might lose their job if people know. Rehab is too expensive for most people. It can cost you thirty to $50,000 a month for a good rehab center that works. So we wanted to do an alternative. And I said, Dave, let's take this coaching program. Let's put it in the form of a book. Let's test it as a book. Let's see if it works. Again, we got an 80% uh, success rate, uh, which is unreal in, in that world. So I said, let's release the book. And we did. And the book's been out now just about two and a half months. And we're just now getting people finishing the 30 days. And we've got 56 uh, reviews on Amazon.com. 54 of them are five-star. Two are from AA people who think you have to join AA. Uh, and people are saying, like, I never thought I would be able to go 30 days. One guy said, I've been mm. – I had a drink every night for 12 years. It's the first time I've gone 45 days without a drink. I'm happier. I've lost weight. I feel better. I don't feel ashamed anymore. I'm spending more time with my kids. Um, and it's not just for alcoholics, you know, it's for people who maybe are just drinking a little too much. I mean, I decided sure. to go on this 30 day program myself, Cheryl, and just to make sure, you know, what people would be experiencing, I'd be able to talk from that experience. I lost about 15 pounds. Um, and wow. I felt better. I literally, you know, was my loser, my liver was cleansing. I didn't have circles under my eyes. I, I wasn't a heavy drinker. I might have like, you know, a glass of wine every couple of nights. And on the weekend, I might have two or three with dinner or go to a party. But the reality is I was sleeping better. Uh, my sex got better. I mean, everything improved. So we're actually starting something April 1st called the 30 day sobriety challenge. And we're asking wow. people, even if you're not what we could call an alcoholic addict, but if you just want to cleanse out your liver, we, we found some research that showed if you are a woman and you have seven to 13 drinks a week, which would be a couple of glasses of wine a night for most people, right. uh, your chances of breast cancer go up 70%. So wow. just that alone, you'd think, you know, maybe cutting back a little bit would be a good idea. And mm-hmm. so we've got a lot of people who are not, full-blown alcoholics, but have said, I'm just going to do the 30-day challenge. One woman who's our graphic designer who helped us design the book uh, started doing it when she's reading the book. She's now gone 120 days without drinking. She said, I've lost weight. I'm exercising more at night because I'm now not drinking, spending better time Mm -hmm. with my kids. My husband and I have a better relationship. So we think, you know, cutting back can be as good as stopping for people that aren't, you know, genetically predisposed. Sure. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I imagine that you are you were doing more than simply not drinking, and I want to get into that, but we're going to take a break first, and we'll be back with Jack Cantley in just a moment.
Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Estevedo with my very special guest, Jack Canfield. Jack, we've been talking about the new project that you are um, having a grand success with, the 30-Day Sobriety Solution, how to cut back or quit drinking in the privacy of your own home, and the book and the project has been quite successful. Um, so you just described how you decided to take that challenge yourself and, and see what it was like to experience that. And I said, and you said you had great outcome, and I'm wondering, were you doing anything else other than simply not drinking for 30 days? Yes. In other words, the book, The 30-Day Sobriety Solution, is based on 30 different solutions that will help you address the underlying cause of why you drink. In other words, people that are watching too much television, it's not the fact that there's a television, it's the fact that they're turning it on. Why are they turning it on? Because it helps numb out their feelings about their job, their family. It's a distraction from things that you know they don't want to do. So if you're just watching a little TV, no problem. But if you're watching six hours a day, which is what most Americans are watching, it's way too much. And the same thing's true with alcohol. It's not the alcohol. It's why do I drink? And we drink to mask the pain, the trauma, the shame, the guilt, the, un- the anxiety we feel in social situations and so forth. And so what happens is that we take people through 30 different lessons each day. And so the book basically has 30 chapters, and each day there's a homework assignment. And each day we have a companion website that's free, and all the uh, meditations, the visualizations, the content is reviewed on the website if you want to go there, or you can just do it on your own with the book. We find that about half the people that have bought the book actually go to the website and get involved. We have a chat room where you can uh, post questions to other people. To We have a psychologist that goes in on a regular basis and answers questions as well as Dave and I. Uh, people are supporting each other. There's um, a lot of support that goes into this. So the first day, you know, we just help people get in touch with uh, what we call the 100% solution. Are you willing for 30 days to make a 100% commitment? And we have them do this exercise where you look at your life, if you go into the future five years and say, what's your life look like if you keep drinking at the same level you're drinking now? And then we go into the future and we look at what's your life look like if you stop drinking? And for some people, they say that was like a life-changing experience because they never really thought about the future in terms of their drinking or not drinking. You know, the future is if I drink, my wife may leave me, I'm overweight, I'm going to have liver problems, I might need a kidney transplant, you know, I might lose my job, I might have illicit sex because I'm not paying attention and get a disease, which I give my wife, or I might, you know, whatever. Um, and then you look at the future and you say, wow, I'm doing better at work, I'm getting a promotion, my my kids are talking to me, I'm healthy, I'm running a marathon. And so then we go into the purpose solution and get in touch with what is your life purpose. 
And someone just said on the last Amazon review that was just published about the book, you know, I thought I was just stopping drinking. What I've done is created a whole new relationship with myself. I now have a life purpose. I know what my goals are. I've forgiven people from my past. I've learned how to overcome the cravings using things like tapping. Not only get rid of the craving for alcohol through tapping, which is about a five-minute process, but you can also get rid of emotions like anger and guilt and anxiety and fear and, and so forth. So we just take them through 30 solutions um, each day, and each day you're building like you're going through a seminar. So it's really like a $2,000 coaching program in the um, between the covers of a book and a free website uh, based on the program that they've created that he used to charge, you know, $2,000 for. So it's really quite phenomenal. And what we say is most people come home and they have happy hour. You know, I'm going to have my two glasses of wine or oh, I'm going to, yeah. you know, drink my two martinis at the club with people or whatever. That same hour, we ask you to just do the lesson for the day. And what happens is over the course of a month, it's like you've gone through a 30-hour workshop. You know, it'd be like a week-long workshop. So um, we can go into more of the details, you know, about affirmation, the law of attraction, uh, visualization, and, you know, how to develop courage, how to ask better questions uh, of yourself, the assumptions we make about ourselves. It's really it's quite profound. It's based on the best neuroscience, the best human potential exercises that we have. And I did those along with... Uh, you know, the, the 30 days, and then we're asking people to do that as well and just get a copy yeah. of the book and go through it. You need that support. Otherwise, it's it's hard to do. Well, and when I think about how many self-help programs there are, self-help books, self-help manuals, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's so many of them say seven steps to complete success or um, do this for 30 days or 90 days, and you, your life will transform. And, you know, I've seen those work. I've seen people make changes. I've seen people have successes. But what I also see is oftentimes it's short-lived, and they feel good about that success, and it somehow doesn't stick. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the diet thing, right? You know, it just doesn't stick. Are you, do you think it's the, the dedicated practice for 30 days that makes this different? Or what's the. Well, I think. I, I think two things are true. First of all, the, the program's been tested over five years with thousands of people, so it's been constantly upgraded and changed, and what didn't work, what worked, etc. But what we say is, yes, you're going to go through this program for 30 days. We ask you not to drink for those 30 days. We ask you to do these 30 lessons. However, 30 days is not enough to make this a lifetime habit. There are certain skills you're learning to do as you go through the 30 days, which we ask you to to continue after the program. Yes. For example, uh, you know, reviewing what we call your purpose statement, uh, looking at your values, reviewing those on a regular basis so that you're... Because most people's values are being transgressed when they drink. They're spending too much money. Their integrity mm-hmm. often goes out the window. Their honesty and transparency goes out the window with the people that they're hiding it from, etc. Uh, there's, there's meditation on a regular basis. There's changing your diet just a little bit. Like, you know, alcohol is basically fermented sugar. And so you'll see at a lot of AA meetings, everyone's eating donuts and cookies and smoking yes. and so forth. And so we've replaced one addiction with another. So we yes. start talking about how you change your diet. We know that it takes about 30 days for the body to let go of its craving for sugar. But if you can go 30 days, now we don't say you have to do that during the first 30 days because we'd Mm -hmm. actually rather have you eating, you know, donuts than drinking alcohol. But then eventually you're going to want to give that up as well. But there are many uh, solutions, and some of them will jump out at you as the ones that really seem to make the most difference. And we say keep doing those. This is a lifetime process. Yeah. It might be the yoga. It might be the meditation that you do. It might be the tapping that you do. Mm. It might be journal keeping. It might be visualization and affirmation every day. It might be reaching out and asking for support. You know, a lot of people don't ask for the, for the support they need. Often drinking for, for a lot of alcoholics is a lonely, they do it at home. In fact, one of the indications yeah. that you are an alcoholic is that you drink alone. Uh, it's not just for fun with, you know, on a Friday night with some friends, but it's a way of just numbing mm-hmm. out your pain. And so if, you're, if you've learned how to continually turn your pain, your guilt, uh, your anger 
into more positive feelings to delve deeply and remove the source of that, eventually what happens, our experience is the desire to drink actually becomes associated with pain and drinking becomes associated with pain because now drinking is mostly associated with pleasure and the numbing of pain. And so literally that shifts. And once that happens, then you don't have to use willpower anymore. You actually have transformed and reprogrammed the subconscious mind. And right. um, you know, like Dave says, he, he just doesn't even think about drinking anymore. Yeah. The problem with going to AA over and over is you're constantly focusing on not yeah. drinking. And you and I right. know when you focus on not doing something, you're still focusing right. on the doing of it. Correct. Absolutely. So, you know, it's like the... When you go through the program, you are exposed to all of these options that you can then turn into lifetime practices. And I think that's unique. You know, most programs have their specific um, practices that they uh, proclaim are the ones that will transform your life. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like this gives people a view in, you know, to see how it feels while they are committed to moving through the program. That's, that's pretty profound. It sounds like that it's really making the difference between people feeling empowered for choice and mm-hmm. people feel like they're absolutely following a dogma. Right. No, it, it really is a, 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 it's a system that we know the sequencing of the activities actually build on each other and work over time. And then at the end, it, we talk about reviewing all this, making, we ask people to keep a journal as they go along and notice which, which uh, solutions have the most impact, which ones yeah. they need to return to. We also have a bonus uh, section at the end of each uh, phase. There's four phases in the program, like four weeks. And one of them is called the relapse solution. And the idea there is, you know, a lot of times people relapse. They, they just going to, well, I'm just going to test it out and see if I can drink. And, uh, you know, my son, who's 26, uh, young, thought, you know, I've been through rehab. I haven't drunk for, you know, a couple of years. Maybe I can drink regularly now. Well, he tried and couldn't do it. So, but he had a lot of shame. He didn't go to AA for weeks because he didn't want to have to say that he'd drunk again. And so with this, it's like just, you know, okay. People fall down, don't, no shame, just get back on the horse. Here's, we recommend these four processes to get you up and running again. And, uh, and I think that's a big part of the program, too, is there's one mm-hmm. of the people wrote on Amazon, it's the first time I've read anything or been anywhere related to getting sober, it didn't have some kind of shame associated with it. No one's making yeah. me wrong. Yeah, but, you know, that whole element is, um, makes me think of religion. It makes me think of um, how... We have a well. It's even going on in our politics these days. Um, someone has to be wrong in order for someone else to be right, and mm-hmm. so you know we're, there's so much judgment, and you have to succumb to this um, belief that I am less than in order to be helped. And I know, because I know you, that that has never been part of your philosophy or the way that you embrace people in lifting them up. And so I'm I'm less surprised that you've woven that into the program and into the whole system because Mm -hmm. your focus on self-esteem, you know, you have believed for a long time and taught for a long time that self-esteem is at the core of almost all the problems that we have. And um, you know, I'm wondering about that and you, because um, you've talked about over the years having self-esteem challenges, you know, especially as a young person, that you didn't know you had, just a, a revelation to you and you realized it. Um, what about today? Do you, do you feel like you still have to work on that, or do you feel like that's been taken care of and you just have to work on moments of maybe insecurity. And what about today? Yeah, I would say, you know, self-esteem was a huge issue for me growing up. I mean, I was very shy. I was uh, comparing myself to everybody. I grew up in a family where my father made $8,000 a year. And I had a rich aunt who decided to send me to private school because she had a son named Jack who died. And she kind of wanted to live on him to live on through me. So I ended up in a school where most of the other People, their parents were doctors and lawyers and the entrepreneurs in town, business owners. And so 
I would bring my lunch to school in a bag, and they were all going through the cafeteria getting hot lunches, and you know, I would take the bus home, and often they had limo drivers picking them up, and you know, so then I went to Harvard where I was on scholarship, and so similar kind of situation. But I had friends like Larry Rockefeller who was extremely wealthy, so there was a lot of that until I started in my mid twenties. I took my first self-help programs and personal development trainings. But it took years for me to fully love myself, to turn my inner critic into an inner coach, which we have a whole section on in, in our sobriety book and also in my book, The Success Principles. And what happens is now I would say through years of therapy and meditation and personal development groups, I have got to the place where I I would say I'm 95% loving myself all the time. And there's I won't say I never get a little nervous or never get scared or never have a judgmental thought, that would be a lie, but it's rare. And when I do, I have the tools to handle it. You know, one of the wonderful phrases someone gave me when I was being interviewed about this book, uh, she said, um, yeah, it's about skills, not pills. And so I think a lot of us, have, you know, had to take things like Paxil and Prozac to numb out our anxiety. Um, I didn't ever do that, but I mean, a lot of people do. It's unreal how many uh, anti-anxiety pills are out there and how many money is spent on. But the fact is, uh, you know, just skills, social skills that I had to learn how to ask for what I want, how to feel worthy of asking, how to uh, take rejection, not personally, and realize there's a yes out there and continue asking. All of that, you know, took years to do, but now, you know, I'm 71. I would say for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I've been mostly in that space of 95%, pretty, pretty mellow. And I just had a guy work on me as a healer last night who dropped into town came over and he he's psychic and he said whoa you are in such a better place than you've ever been i said yeah i feel like that you know (laughs) so yeah it's true but but i do think it's constant work i mean it's like maintenance you know you've got to put oil in the car so i meditate regularly and i eat well and i continue to read uplifting books and i watch ted talks and i you know um practice what i preach you know, I think that is so key because we all have seen um, transformational leaders who struggle with that. You know, they have a sense that they know what can help others and they're passionate about helping others. And yet there's this quiet, internal, dirty little secret that they don't believe that they can do this themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that happens? Why do you think there are there's that disconnect between some people who are so successful at helping others, but then, you know, harbor this secret about themselves. Well, there's a wonderful book that was written called The Imposter Complex, and a lot of us feel like we're, we're, fa- we're faking it, you know, we're fooling everybody. And, um, you know, they've, they've got the words, they read the books, they watched the movies, but they didn't ever really do the work. And so I think you've got to work on yourself, you know, whether it's doing Byron Katie's work or Gestalt therapy or um, NLP or Sedona method or all the different things that you and I know about uh, yeah. the work that, in my book. I mean, I wrote the success principles with the idea of if, if you're only going to read one book your whole life and that would transform you, could I write that book? You know, and so I spent three years working on that book. And a lot of people call it the white Bible, the one book that'll change your life. I mean, it's got, I've had over 700 reviews on Amazon saying it's the book that changed my life. So I I think I fairly much accomplished that. I think you absolutely have accomplished that. And uh, we have more to talk about. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with leading conversation. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations and my very special guest today, Jack Canfield. So, Jack, I have to ask, um, you know, you are a student of yourself. You always, you're an all and lifetime learner. And you have always said, I don't know if always, but since I've known you, I've heard you say, um, we're a work in progress. We are never done. And so I'm wondering, as you experienced this system, the 30-day sobriety challenge, I'm wondering, what did you learn about yourself that was a real aha, and, you know, more than just I feel better because I didn't, you know, I let go of the alcohol for that time period. Was there an aha? Yeah, I think I, well, the main thing I did learn had to do with the fact that I was drinking more than I thought I was up until that Mm -hmm. point in time. And, um, you know, I have a wine cellar with about 600 bottles of wine in it. And I'm um, yeah. very proud of the fact that I collected some wonderful wines and it would yeah. take me probably two years drinking a bottle a day to clean that out. And so I realized we would just you know, open a bottle of wine for dinner and Nick and I would drink maybe, you know, three quarters of it, sometimes the whole bottle. And that I was like, you know, it would kind of not ruin our evening, but we wouldn't have the same energy to be creative. You know, we just sit around and watch TV, uh, sure. fall asleep earlier perhaps than we wanted to. And so I, I learned that, just habits take over, not anything like, you know, any big major life-changing revelation, but I realized how easy it is to slip into a habit that you don't realize yes. the impact it's having. I was getting up earlier in the morning. I was getting mm-hmm. more work done at night because, like, a lot of times, Inga will go to bed at 10, and I tend to work a lot from 10 to midnight. I just, it's, the phones don't ring. I'm creative. It's all wonderful. Yes. And I wasn't doing that. Now I'm writing more. So I just thought, you know, I'm going to limit this to weekends. And um, so that made a big difference in, in, in our relationship and also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, we're spending more time with friends because we actually think about it. And um, yeah. so I would say that. And then probably the other thing I would say is that I still had some judgments about some people. And when I went through the, the forgiveness solution, uh, mm-hmm. I had to let that go, which was actually really helpful for me. Um, and I think the other thing I realized is we have a... Uh, a section in the book that talks about alternatives to drinking, things you can do. Because a lot of times people stop drinking after work, and it's like, well, what the hell do I do? Kind of like if you right, fast yeah. and you don't eat, like what do you do for those two hours that you used to cook and clean up? And, and it's anxiety-producing. So we made a list of 101 things you could do. Uh, take a, a lesson, learn an instrument, learn a foreign language. Well, I started playing the guitar again. And, um, okay. you know, I don't think I'm going to take lessons. So just little things like that, but the quality of my life definitely improved. Um, so that was a big deal for me. Well, you know, that is a big deal. And the other thing I know about you is that you are um, you are not judgmental. I mean, I know you just said you had judgment about people that you need to forgive, but there's an element in you that is able to let people be who they are. and mm-hmm. Um, to to now have a different way of being, I'm wondering how that then affects your friendships or people you hang out with because, you know, when people who are addicted move into programs and rehab and they, they people in AA, they try to not 
hang around people who do a lot of drinking or who do, use a lot of drugs, and, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. understandable, right? Really tempting. Um, what about you? Has, has that shifted some things for you besides, not, not, you know, drinking at night? Not, I would say not really. Um, you know, I've, I've always been able to go. I remember when my uh, wife was pregnant with our my first son, um, we decided not to drink because she didn't want to hurt the fetus. And I decided not to drink with her. And so, yeah. you know, for nine months supporting that, you know, we'd go out to parties and people would drink and we'd just drink Perrier or, you know, yeah. soda or whatever. And so that's never really been much of a problem for me, I, you know, because it's not like a big craving that's covering up some deep-seated um, right. subconscious problem that I needed to numb out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, uh, I, I now it's not, I, I've always been able to be around uh, a lot of people doing whatever they yeah. do and not be part of it. But it, it, it's, um, I don't know, just, I think, you know, by this time in my life, I've worked on myself so much. I mean, literally, I mean, Byron yeah. Katie's work, where you ask four questions, you know, yeah. about people you're judging. I did that for three months every night uh, to the point where it's like, why would you judge anything anymore? It just hurts me. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the outer world that's the problem. It's my judging it that makes me feel bad. I can still want to change it, but I change it from love and compassion, not from anger and upset. Um, and it, and that totally makes it more effective because if I'm angry at somebody and judging them, it just makes them want to push back. One of the guys that was in my program in uh, Romania last week uh, said he realized that he was upset because he was trying to build a theme park and the local government wasn't helping him very much. And he went in and he just had this session where he just blasted him about how ineffective they were in helping the local business people. He said, I think after that, I realized that that just made them more angry at me. Like, they're never going to want to help me. I need to go and appreciate them for what they did do and then show yeah. them how they could be doing even better, you know. So yeah. that attitude of judgment and anger just gets in our way. It, it pushes people away. People are attracted to love and appreciation, yeah. and they're repulsed by anger. And some of what we're seeing in the political system yeah. now that a lot yeah. of us are, you know, rejecting. Well, and in the spirit of empowerment, I know you are um, always about not just teaching individuals to be this in themselves, but to empower them to take the message forward and and create that ripple effect out. And so you've decided to help people learn how to train this. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I decided about five years ago to start training trainers, and I was just doing live trainings where it was uh, three-week trainings. They'd come three times a year for a week, and in between, they'd actually do some training, get some feedback, and and then uh, eventually we would certify them as a Canfield Success Principles trainer. And what happened is I was over in the Gulf, like in Oman and Kuwait and Bahrain and uh, United Arab Emirates and uh, places like Qatar and Iran and so forth, and what would happen is people would say, I want to learn to do this, but I can't come to America. I can't get a visa. I can't afford the airfare. So we said, how can we, uh, you know, scale this? And so we created an online training program. We spent $300,000 in three years developing this online training program, uh, which I wasn't sure would work because how can you train people to do interactive exercises and meditations just by watching, you know, video on, on your computer? Mm-hmm. But we did a lot, a lot of research, a lot, a lot of work, and recorded live stuff and studio stuff. And now we've got a thousand people that have gone through that program from 79 countries, and they're all giving us five-star reviews, saying it's changed their lives. This one woman from the Philippines has now done 12 trainings for her government. They've just uh, contracted for her for 12 more. So she's made back her investment six times already. Uh, the vice president of the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank went through it because he wants to be able to motivate uh, his employees, not just with words, but with experiential exercises. We have coaches from all over the world that are learning to do this so they can coach large groups through things rather than just one person at a time. Uh, it's very, very, very exciting. And so we set a goal last year to train one million trainers by the year 2030. And uh, basically, we did the math. We see how it's possible to do that. We're on track in terms of our uh, progression. So I'm excited. And so anyone out there, whether you're a manager, if you're a uh, if you're in multi-level marketing, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a coach, if you're a trainer, uh, whatever it is, we can help you do it a whole lot better through this online training program. And so it's 35 hours. You sit in front of the computer. You do the exercises. 
Uh, you get all the PowerPoint slides that you'll need to, to, to do the seminars. You get word-for-word -word instructions on every activity. You see me setting up that activity in a live group so you can model it. Uh, you see the Q&A that people in the live trainings ask us. Uh, it's really amazing. And then we have a, a credentialing system so you can become certified. We have a directory so you get in this international directory. People can find you. Uh, like in Russia or in the United States or in Alabama, uh, if you have a certain area of expertise that you want to integrate this into, like leadership or management, hmm. uh, it, it's really it's amazing. You can post videos there of you training, and um, it's uh, we've got a live chat room uh, where people support each other. People are uh, giving each other ideas, giving each other feedback, helping each other design trainings together. Um, you know, people are putting on TEDx conferences together. We've had a one of our graduates put on the first TEDx conference in India, and of the 15 speakers, nine of them were train-the-trainer grads. So people are traveling all over the world supporting each other. It's really quite quite amazing. Hmm. How, how does your heart feel when you talk about this? Uh, full. <laughs> it feels very yeah. full. Uh, as I travel around the world and I see these graduates and like I just the reason I was in uh, Russia last week is that one of my graduates said you've got to come to Russia and uh, I want to co-lead a workshop with you there so I went over and I did most of the day he did a couple hours and we had uh, 440 people uh, from all over the Soviet well I call it the Soviet Union so all over Russia mm. and um, same thing in Romania so basically mm. people just need to go to um, canfieldtrainings.com or, or jackcanfield.com, and they can find out about mm. uh, how to become a certified trainer. That's great. Well, Jack, I my hope for you is that you not only feel gratitude and happiness about all of the success and all of the people you've touched, but that you really allow in the significance of you and who you are in having risks and put yourself out there and said, you know what, let's see if it works, and shared this with so many people in the world. I hope you really can not only intellectually understand that, but that your heart is filled with that significance and that love because you deserve it. Well, thank you very much. I will definitely um, take that to heart, and I feel like I already do. But I, it, it never gets—I never get tired of hearing that I make a difference. Yeah. So it's kind of my, my life purpose is to inspire and empower people to live their highest vision in the context of love and joy. And so when I yeah. get feedback that I'm helping do that, I, I feel fulfilled. So thank you very much, Cheryl. Yeah, thank you for being here, Jack. It's a privilege to have you here. CanfieldTrainings.com or JackCanfield.com to learn more about Jack's work. His latest project, The 30 Day Sobriety Solution, How to Cut Back or Quit Drinking in the Privacy of Your Own Home, available at his sites and also on Amazon. Jack Canfield, you are a gift to the world. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. 
The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.